If you're interested in strengthening your foundation in the Word, join us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for First Steps with Pastor Cheeto. Class meets in children's room here at James Rudder. Hope to see you there. It's time for our annual Christmas in the Neighborhood Outreach, December 19th from 11 to 1 p.m. Join us as we bring Christmas cheer and the love of Jesus to the neighborhood. Don't miss church December 20th as we'll be having a very special Christmas service with special music from our children's church. Our dance team will be performing as well as other surprises. Following the service, we'll have our annual Christmas party. We'll also be having a competition based on your favorite Pinterest dessert. Please keep our Mexico missions team in your prayers as they head across the border to help rich ministries bring Christmas to the orphans and the Pai Pai Indians in that region. Mark your calendars for January 22nd as our very special guests to Elevate Life Church will be Mark and Mary Myers, pastors of Merge Church in Sanford, Florida. If you're in junior high or high school, make sure you sign up for this year's New Year's Eve Bash at Surf Extreme in Elk Grove. Join with hundreds of other teams from across Sacramento. There'll be plenty of food, games, indoor surfing, paintball, and an amazing service. The cost is just $15. For more information, see Jessica Fielding. All right. Yeah, I got a lot going on. Got a lot going on at Elevate Life and just want to remind everybody next week is our Christmas service. And it's going to be a lot of fun. The kids uh, ministry here is going to be doing some songs and the dance team and the drama team. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be powerful as well. So make sure you're here for that. And then after service, we'll be having our annual Christmas party. And so we're asking, it's, it's potluck style. So we're asking everybody to bring a dish. And if you're interested in knowing what it is you have to bring, uh, they'll be posting that on the uh, church Facebook page later on today. Um, you'll be either having to bring, according to your last name, it'll be a main dish, a side dish, or an appetizer. And then for dessert, we're having a competition, uh, pine, uh, what is it, uh, Pinterest, Pinterest, <laughs> Pinterest, a Pinterest bake-off. And if you don't know what that is, go on to Pinterest and you could see how people make desserts and things, and they do some really uh, neat things. And we're going to give $100 towards somebody's Christmas for the best uh, dessert, okay? So uh, go on there and sign up today for that if you're interested in being a part of that, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I also want to challenge all the parents, uh, if you're looking for something cool for your teenagers to do for New Year's Eve in a safe environment, uh, the mix is a uh, part of a great event that's going on in Elk Grove on New Year's Eve, and uh, they're going to be joining together with hundreds of other uh, teenagers from different churches. They're getting together for a powerful time in the Word, and then they're going to have fun. Uh, I guess they have indoor surfing there, laser tag, and a whole bunch of other stuff, paintball, and, and, and things like that. So if you're looking for something cool for your teens to do so they don't have to hang out with you know whoever and, and for whatever reason, uh, that's a whole other thing, uh, get them to that event there. Amen? Amen? You guys ready for the Word today? Praise God. Before we get into that, if you're here for the very first time, we want to welcome you. Just slip up a hand. Our ushers have something they want to give to you. Give it up to some of our first-time visitors that are here today. We welcome you on this rainy and, and cold uh, morning, and we know God's got something special for you. So thank you for coming to Elevate Life Church today. Well, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. And as you're doing that, I just want to say a big happy birthday to our head usher in the back there, Mr. Eddie Cobb. Yeah. Eddie Cobb is a special, special man to this ministry. He is my oldest son over there, and I won't tell you how old he is, uh, but he's having a good birthday. 54, he said that with pride, 54, all right, so we uh, thank you, we're so grateful for all that he does here, he comes every morning and sets this place up, and he oversees our ushers team, uh, and, and we're grateful for him, so after service, go ahead and go over to him, give him a hug, slip him a 5, a 10, a 20, how, however much you would like to, and be a blessing into his life, amen. Uh, and also today is a special day because it is 17 years ago to my wife and I's first date. We went out on our first date 17 years ago. 
she asked me out, you know, and I was, I was, I was shocked. I was like, whoa, I'm not even trying to go that way. But she wore me down and, you know, we ended up, <laughs> y'all know that ain't true. So uh, that our first date, we went to a church uh, Christmas party in downtown Disney in Orlando. And that was, that was the beginning of a beautiful thing. So uh, yeah, we'll be celebrating today. Amen. Oh, yeah. Okay. Praise God. And who's? Oh, that's right. We got, we got Chris Seta in the back there. Uh, it's birthday coming up on Tuesday. Yeah. Anybody else have December birthdays? When was your birthday, Kate? I see why Kate. See, come on, man. She's like, it's in like three months. She said three months from now. No, I'm just joking. 27th. Okay. Right after Christmas. Who else? Anybody else? Linda, they just had a birthday and an anniversary. That's right. So happy birthday to all, all the December people, and uh, we love you. Are you there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 yet? Amen? Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll read it for you here. It says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. And the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together. Even though it's cold out, even though it's raining, Lord, we come here today as an act of worship, as an act of obedience, expecting that you're going to speak to us something for our lives this week, Lord God. And we just ask that our hearts and our minds be open. We make a demand on the deposit. Father, we extract the things that we need in our lives in this service, Lord. And we thank you for a Holy Spirit pool of the anointing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, we've been spending some time in the Word, and I hope you've been enjoying the Word, as we've been talking about the importance uh, of, of the hidden treasures, going after the hidden treasures of your life. And we've been talking about the key of honor, and that the way you treat people, the way you honor people, is how you're able to extract the treasure in their lives. We've been talking about that is because we've got a problem in society. Society is full of dishonor. We smile in your face and talk about you behind your back. That's not honor. Uh, uh, we, you know, we're, we're, we're a society that loves to, to lift up a hero, and then we like to smack them down once they're up there. We, we, we love to find and, and talk about people's fields, all the while ignoring the treasure that is inside of them. So we spend a lot of time talking about that, and it's, it could be a very challenging word depending on how you were brought up and how you were raised. And if you didn't hear that, I, I just I challenge you to go on to the uh, webcast, the, the, the podcast, and listen to those things. But today I want to change gears a little bit because I want to talk about the gold. Everybody say gold. gold. I want to talk about the gold that is in our lives because you are not just you know, uh, anybody, you're filled with a treasure according to the word of God. And that treasure is more precious than gold. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we just read there that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And that goes along with the scripture that we've been talking about in Matthew 13, 44, where it says the kingdom of God is like a field, okay? And, and it goes along with that in understanding that inside of each and every person that has come to to know Jesus Christ, there is a treasure. And the treasure has been put there by God, our Father. And Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthians and he says there, you have this treasure in earthen vessels. And here's the reason for the treasure, that the excellence of the power of God, uh, be, uh, the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. That even though we're going through things, and he goes on to say, you're hard-pressed, you're crushed, you're perplexed, you're despair. That's some of the people in this room today. You're going through a lot of things. You may be persecuted. But then he says this, you're not forsaken. You may be struck down. You may be struggling right now. Come on. You may be struggling. But you know what? You're not destroyed. 
And then verse 10 gives us an important key. It says, you're always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in, our own, in, in your body. And what that basically means is this. Every time you choose to die to self, Christ lives. Some of y'all missed that. Every time you choose to die to self, Christ lives. Now, this could be a problem for some of us that don't like to die to self. If you don't like to die to self, it's quite possible you'll never see the manifested glory of God in your life. Because it's through death that we experience resurrection. Now, what does it mean to, to, to die to self? What does it mean to carry about in your body the crucifixion of Jesus, the dying of Christ? It basically means anytime you choose others above yourself, you're dying to self. Some of y'all died to self this morning getting out of bed today. Come on. You know, we, we joke about that, but you know it's a big thing deep down. We all wanted to stay under those warm covers we all looked outside, heard the howling of the wind, saw the rain, and just thought, dang, it would feel so good to just stay here and chill. But something on your inside said, I got to get up and go to the house of God. You know what that is? That's a, that's a type of dying to self. Last week when the offering bucket went around and we said we're going to give to get Christmas presents to the community in, in here, and some people in here thought, well, we already received the offering. Why we got to do another one? But others of us said, it's not about me, it's about them. Let me dig deeper into my checkbook. Let me dig deeper. I'll have to make a change to my budget this week, but I'm going to give something for somebody else above myself. And when you did that, you died to self, and Christ lives through you. And next week when we gather together out here and we walk this neighborhood, guess who's going to be glorified? Jesus. Guess whose lives are going to be lifted? Jesus. Because a group of folks right here in South Sacramento, when the offering bucket went around, said, it's not about me, it's about others. And if I got to dig a little deeper and sacrifice something out of my week, out of my paycheck, to make life better for somebody else, then that's what I'm going to do. See, it's Christians that don't understand how to, how to put others before themselves that they lose out on really experiencing the gold in their lives. And I, and I tell you, it's the saddest thing to see Christians who live their lives so normal. Saddest thing to see Christians who, who their lives aren't very different than people outside that don't know Jesus. It's a sad thing to a pastor. Because, you know, it, it, it's just like any other thing, a coach or somebody else. You see the potential in somebody, but they do not want to do what it takes to get the gold out of their lives. And so we've got to look at what the scripture says about what's on the inside of us. So Paul says here, there's a treasure inside of you, but the only way you're going to access the treasure in you is when you glorify Jesus by dying to self. And when you die to self, that's when you'll be able to experience the glory of Jesus. Now look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, 7 and 8. You can look on the screen there behind me. It says this, that in this you greatly rejoice... Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Look at verse 7. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and the glory of, res of the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. So again... Now, Peter is pointing us to the fact that inside of you is something that is much more precious than gold. It's called your faith. And he makes this point in understanding that when you're going through things and life is tough, don't fret, don't trip out, don't quit, because you're only getting stronger through what you're going through. Why? Because there's something on the inside of you that when it goes through stuff, greatness rises up. And we've got to understand that. And I find that the average Christian doesn't understand this. That's why they complain about things on Facebook. That's why they complain about things and people all around them. I've told you this before. Complaining is the language of losers. Don't complain. Look at your neighbor and tell them with an attitude, stop complaining. 
Now, that wasn't attitude enough. Go to the next person on the other side and tell them, stop complaining. You didn't have to mean mug them, though. I saw some of you. You got, you got too into that. There's gold on the inside of you. The Bible says here, trials only make you stronger, increasing the value of your treasure. Trials to people of God, we've got to see these things in the right light, okay? In the words of Kanye West, that which don't kill you can only make you stronger. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Trying to act like, who's Kanye West? Oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. Why? Because the Bible promises us that when we're going through things, when we're, when we're pressed on every side, when we're perplexed, when we're persecuted, when we're forsaken, when we're turned on, when we're betrayed, he says, don't even trip. There's a treasure on the inside of you. And when you go through those types of things for, for Christ's sake, the Bible says that our faith being much more precious than gold, it gets purified. I love what it says there in 1 Peter 1, 7 and 8. The trials of life only make us stronger. But why is it that so many of us cave in and quit when things get hard? Why is it that so many of us aren't aware of the gold that's on the inside of us? Look at Job 23, verse 10 in the Old Testament. Job writes this, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, listen to this, and when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. People, there is a gold mine on your insides. You're going to have to go through some things to mine it out, but make no mistake, there's gold in you. And I love one of the things it says in the, scriptures, in the scripture here in Job 23.10. It says that God uses trials to increase your worth. I want you to write that down. Every trial I go through only increases my worth. Every trial I go through only increases my worth. Now, why is this important for you to know? It's important for you to know so that you don't cave in and quit when times get rough. It's important for you to know so that you don't fear trials. You don't feel tough situations. You don't fear doing anything great because of how hard it's going to be. It's important that we have a right perspective of who we are and what we carry. And let me give you another scripture here in 1 John chapter 2, 24 through 27. I want to read it to you in the Message Bible, which is just a translation that puts it in everyday language here. It says, stay with what you heard from the beginning. The original message. So we've already heard from Paul in 2 Corinthians. We've heard from Peter in 1 Peter. Now we're hearing from John. And he tells us, stay with what you heard from in the beginning, the original message. Let it sink into your life. If what you heard from the beginning lives deeply in you, you will live deeply in both son and father. And this is exactly what Christ promised, eternal life. Real life. Everybody say real life. real life. Verse 26. So I've written to warn you about those who are trying to deceive you, but they're no match for what is embedded deeply within you. Oh, you got to catch that today. That means every devil, every demonic thing, every person that would try to convince you that you're not what Christ Jesus called you to be, it's no match for what is deep on the inside of you. And it says this, it's Christ's anointing. Christ's anointing is no match for anything we face. It dominates us. It dominates it, I should say. Now look at this. It says, you don't need any of their so-called teaching. Christ's anointing teaches you the truth on everything you need to know about yourself and him. Uncontaminated by a single lie, live deeply in what you were taught. Now, see, John's writing this, and, and he's writing this because at the time, there were other teachers that were infiltrating the church, and they were bringing up other types of doctrines and other things, and he was reminding them, hey, don't get too far away from what Jesus taught you first 
And what did Jesus teach us first? Let's go to Mark chapter 16. This is it. This is the foundation of why you were saved. I don't know what some of us are doing, but this is what Jesus taught us to do right here. And it says in verse 16, 15, and he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That anointing, that was a weak clap, but that anointing is in you. It's in you. It's in you. That's the gold that's in you. What are some of us doing with it? Some of us walk around uh, 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 just oblivious to what's inside of us. And I can't even blame some of us here. I blame many churches that just don't teach the word like they need to. I blame a lot of times the uh, American Christianity that wants you to just come to church and feel good all the time. Sometimes the word don't make you feel good. It just doesn't. Can I get an amen on that? See, you thought it was me. Pastor said, go Pastor Sergio again. He hitting this and that. Dang, every time I come. See, you thought it was me. It's really the word. It's really the word. But if we hear the word in the right aspect, my goal is not to make people feel bad, but it's to get people in contact with the gold that's in their life. Because when you realize what it is you carry, you'll stop hanging around with losers. Listen, the only reason to hang around with losers is to win them to Jesus. It's to win them to Jesus, okay? The only reason why some of us are still living lives that are subpar to where we need to be is because you don't understand what's inside of you. Never understand a born-again, spirit-filled believer who dates an unbeliever. Don't make no sense. The only sense in that it makes is you don't understand what you carry. See, I'm under the firm belief that because I'm a child or son of God, my life should be different than somebody that's not. There should be something on my life. Oh, you're not going to like this, this right here. There should be something on my life that makes me better than the average person. Should make you better than the average person. Guess who the best person in the office should be? The person following God. Oh, you don't want to hear this this morning because we like to hear things like, we're all the same. We're not all the same. The Bible says God gives you a measure of faith. Every man has been given a measure of faith. It's up to you to grow that measure. And some of us in this room, we grow that measure. Some of us don't. And a larger measure of faith, as we read earlier, even in uh, Proverbs during the offering, can cause your world to increase. But a person that won't put the time in, a person that won't put the attention in, a person that won't put the focus in, come on, you can't tell me. You can't tell me that they're on the same plane as somebody that's spending time with Jesus, as somebody that's saying no to sin. Come on, you don't really believe that, do you? Because I don't. Because I believe the Bible says you'll reap what you sow. And if I spend time sowing into the things of God, giving offerings, pay, giving my tithes, and listening to the word of God, sowing in, my life should be better than Joe Blow down the street who slept in this morning and sleeps in every Sunday and don't go to church and he doesn't serve and he doesn't give. My life should be better than his. Can I get an amen on that? It should be. But why is it? That so many of us settle for an average mamby-pamby life. I submit to you, it's because you've lost your way. It's because you don't realize there is gold on the inside of you. See, I spent the last few weeks talking to you about how to extract gold out of others. But I want to spend some time renewing your mind to understanding that not only is there gold in others, there is gold in you. There's gold in you. You're better than the, some of the decisions you're making. You're better than some of the people that you're hanging around. 
You're better than the, than the path you're on. And you know it. You just, some of us just don't know how to get over into that arena where we can experience the gold in our lives. Well, Paul, John, and Peter are just telling us, listen, there's gold in you. But in order to extract the gold in your own life, listen now, you're going to go through some things. You're going to go through some things. It's not going to feel good. It's not going to be times where you're shouting. It's not going to be, oh, this is the greatest thing. No, he calls it persecution. He calls it hard times. He calls it not understanding everything, being confused. Well, why is my life like this? Some of you been on that spot of saying, why is this here? Just quit asking the questions and follow Jesus because you're stuck. Well, why? Well, what does this happen? How come? No, just follow Jesus. He'll work it out to you. He'll work it out to you. That's a word for somebody in here. You're stuck. You're all confused. And you're letting this, your head, you know, dictate your life. Let your spirit, let faith in God. I don't understand why things are the way they are. I don't understand why this happened, but I'm going to keep following. And as you keep following, God will reveal later on. Your gold. Your gold. And your life's going to get more and more golden every decision you make to put others, to put God in front of yourself. It's the key to unlocking the gold in your own life is a life of sacrificial living. Now, this goes, uh, 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 you know, this goes against a lot of the, of the popular curve of even some preaching today because people only want to serve God under convenience. If it's convenient, I'll go on a missions trip. If I got money left over, I'll give to the poor. But nobody wants to do something that God may ask you to do, and it might just straight be a sacrifice. There, you know, he, he, he promises us that when we give, he'll give something back to us, but it could be years. There's sometimes you just go without so that somebody can have. And some of us don't know anything about that. Because we've been blessed to, to be able to do something. But sometimes you, when, when God asks you to move, you move. And if that means I don't get nothing to eat today so that they can eat, then I'm good with that. See, that's maturity. Now, it ain't always like that. Because you watch. Every time you do that, God moves quickly to make sure that you understand, I'm going to bless you two times, three times, five times what you just sacrificed. That's supernatural. That's that, that's that abundant life that he promised us. But the reason some of us never experience all these great things that are in the Bible is because we won't take the time to die to self. It's all about me, me, me. Come on, me, myself, and I, De La Soul. Come on. That's your theme song. You walk into a room, it's just me, myself, and I. Hey. That's your theme song. You get something, you're the first. That's just, it's all about you. It's all about you. And that'll make you happy for a season. Makes you happy for, that season is fun too, I ain't gonna lie. You're getting what you want, you know, you, you, you know it's like, hey, this is all good. But that season will be over. And you'll be left with a life where nobody likes you. You'll be left with a marriage that, uh, with a spouse that can't stand you. Yeah, I'm going to keep going here. Amen. Because you've got to understand the key to getting the gold in your own life is when you put others' needs above your own. And that's hard. And this is where a lot of people stop short. And this is where the church, in many respects, stops short. We don't want to be a church that stops short. We want to be a church that understands whenever God requires me to put somebody uh, above me, it's only because he's getting ready to leapfrog me into a place of authority, a place of promotion. And it says there, when we're tested, it only makes what we carry that much stronger. Are you catching this this morning? So why, what are some reasons we don't experience the gold in our life? I want to give you the first one. Number one, reasons you won't experience the gold in your life. You don't understand the anointing. You don't understand the anointing. You don't understand what Jesus Christ died to give you. Man, the, the American church has done a disservice to the gospel when we have made a decision to follow Christ simply about heaven. 
Come on, man. It's way more than about going to heaven when you die. Now, I don't want to belittle that because that's a great thing to go to heaven when you die. Because the alternative to that is so ridiculously horrible, you can't even fathom what hell's going to be like. Ridiculous people. Well, I'm going to go to hell because all my friends are there. You ain't going to see them. You ain't going to see them. Get that, go into a burning house with your friends. See how fun that is. Ain't gonna, you ain't going to see it. It ain't like we're going to be partying in hell. No, no. When was the last time you went to a party and everybody's burning up? That ain't a party. We have people saying dumb stuff like that. Well, I'm going to be with my friend. You ain't going to see him. It's a pit of darkness. It wouldn't even be friend to, It wouldn't even be fun to get all your friends and put them in a room where you can't see each other. That wouldn't even be fun. Hey, you, hey, 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 Cheeto, you there? You there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. This is cool. No, it's not cool. It's hell. And people want to belittle hell like it ain't no thing, you know? I don't want to do that this morning. Hell's a bad place. If you can not go there and use a way that you cannot go there, take that way. Take it. Take it. Because it's going to be bad. Amen? Read the Bible, okay? He'll tell you all about the pit of fire and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it's there. Don't go there. But Jesus coming to the earth was about so much more than him just saving us for eternal flames. Him coming to the earth was about producing children that didn't have to deal, that didn't have to be, be held captive to sickness. Some of us have been so bound by, by sickness and things, you're just accepting it. Don't accept it. Don't. There's gold in you. There's something called the anointing that is inside of you that if you will understand what it is, it'll start making your life that much more incredible. We got to understand the anointing, though. People don't understand the anointing. They think, oh, well, pastors are anointed. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, those are the anointed people. No, Jesus put the anointing on, on the, in, inside of each and every one of us. There is an anointing that comes upon you, and there is an anointing that resides in every single believer. You've got to understand that the anointing within, it's got to be grown and cultivated. I want you to write that down. The gold that is in you, the anointing that is in you, it's got to be taken care of. It's got to be grown and cultivated, okay? You got to do some stuff here to get that thing to grow. And see, and this is where I lose a lot of Christians because some Christians don't understand why you shouldn't do certain things. They always want to talk about is it sin or not sin. I don't like having those conversations because that's irrelevant. Well, I, I still go to clubs. I still hang out in bars. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Might not be anything wrong with that, but how is that cultivating the anointing in your life? See, see, when you're over here just talking about being right with God and going to heaven, that's good for you. But as long as you're just focused on that, you do nothing for nobody else. And remember, Peter said, get back to the original message, which is go into all the world, preach the gospel, save some folks. Don't just be a churchgoer. Because when you just become a churchgoer, you lose sight that there's, you're, you're made for more than these chairs. You're made for more than Sunday mornings. You're, more, you're made to really help some folks. But in order to do that, you got to cultivate an anointing, baby. you got to do some things uh, differently in your life to cause the anointing in your life to grow. you got to increase the gold. You don't live life just going, well, is this bad? It's, it's this, I don't think it's that bad, so I'm going to stay over here, and I'm going to have the same doggone life I had without Jesus and just kind of fit Jesus in over here and talk about, yeah, I'm still going to make it into heaven. You will have a mediocre life at best. I don't think anybody in here wants to have a mediocre life. Now, listen, you may not have my passion for souls or my passion to reach lost people, but there is still more inside of you than what you're living right now. And if you're going to have any increase of what is in the word of God and experience what God's word has to say about your life, you've got to understand the gold that's in me. I want you to ask yourself this question this morning. The gold that's in me, what am I doing to cultivate it? 
What am I doing to cause it to grow? There's ways that you cause the God in you, the faith in you to grow. There's ways to do that. Excuse me. There's ways to do that. Y'all got out of bed to come and hear a word. Guess what's happening? I'm cultivating that gold on the inside of you. Every morning you crack the Bible open or every afternoon you do your devos. You are cultivating the anointing on the inside of you. Every time you listen to a Christian podcast or you put on some praise and worship, you are cultivating the anointing in you. But here's something else that cultivates the anointing in you. When you say no, I can't go and hang out with you in the bar. I can't. No. Guess what happens? The anointing gets stronger. No, I can't come over and watch Netflix and chill. Hello. Hello. There's somebody going, what's wrong with Netflix and chill? There's a whole other deal going on there. Listen, when you say no, the anointing comes up strong on the inside of you. You got to cultivate it. There's gold on the inside of you. Cause that to increase. Cause it to increase in value. So we've got to understand this thing's got to grow. And when you read about King David, who's a great example to us in many ways, the Bible says that as he grew, he increased in the anointing. He went from being a shepherd's boy anointing to a kingly anointing. And he grew in it. And it was the process. And you know what's crazy about his process? He went through a lot of the things that John, Peter, and Paul just told us about. Being persecuted. Being talked about. He went through being mistreated. And you know what? He never complained. The only person he complained to was God. And let me tell you, you got complaints, that's who you take them up with. He read, you read the book of Psalms, he's up there going, God, what's up? What, where are you? But you know what you don't read about in the scriptures and the stories about him is him going complaining to anybody else. Because he, understand, he understood one thing. God is growing me up. I was anointed when I was a shepherd boy to be the king. I might be going through something, but I know one day I'll get there. The problem we have right now in America is nobody's got time for one day. We all want it now. We get a prophetic word. We think it's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, well, God said I'm going to be a, a this and that. Okay, praise God. But you know what? That might not happen for a long time. But, you know, here's the key. It's up to you. How fast is it going to take you to mature? The quickest way, let me help somebody here, because some of you are stuck. Some of you have been in the same spiritual place for the last year, and you're stuck. Let me tell you how to get it unstuck. The quickest way to maturity is obedience. I got saved at 19, uh, 18 years old, almost 19. Within two years, I was pastoring a church. That don't even make no sense to religious people. Don't make no sense because I didn't just get saved. I mean, I was coming out of the clubs within two years of shaking my booty in the clubs in hammer pants. My wife says, show him, show him. No. Within two years of living a promiscuous lifestyle. Okay. Within two years of that, I'm put in destiny. Boom. You say, oh, well, that's just a little favor. It might have been, but you know what was the, the quickest way to get your, your life started in the right direction? Obedience. Obedience. In those two years, God asked me some incredibly hard things. The first thing he asked me to do was to break up with the person that I was dating. She wasn't a bad person either. He just said, this is what I'm requiring of you. You want to take it? You want to go or not? I said, God, I want more of you. And I, I, I could sit up here and tell you it was, I was just tough. Yeah, God, no, girl, I cried days. I cried about that, God, but I love her, God, but God. I, but God said, you going to come this way or not? So with tears in my eyes, I followed God. God said, okay, that's some maturity. I can work with you. Then later on, he says, okay, I'm calling you to move over here to San Jose, California. You're going to leave all your family. You're going to leave all your friends, and you're going to be lonely. Okay, I'm going to do that. I went to my mom and dad. They said, you're going where? Boy, you can't even clean your room. You ain't got no money. How are you going to live over there? 
I was like, oh, well, you got a point there, mom. But uh, it's what God's called me to do. So I'm going to do it. So I did it. And I told some of you the story. 21 years old, I spent my 21 year, my 21st birthday. And, you know, that's supposed to be the big birthday that you have where you have fun. You're celebrated and all that. I spent my, my birthday, my 21st birthday at Denny's by myself with my free meal. Come on, somebody. Because, you know, they, get, they still do that. They get the free birthday meal. They don't do that no more, huh? Because, see, folks were like me, and they go for breakfast, and they go to another lunch at dinner time, at lunchtime. So they said, oh, no, 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 we can't. We're going broke with everybody's birthdays. But I had to do some very hard things, listen, to get to the gold that was inside of me. And every time I denied myself, I took on the, the death of Christ, Christ was glorified and I went up a level and I went up a level and I went up a level. So I'm over there in Bible school and I'm loving this church and God says, I want you to go help your uncle's church. I was like, God, for real? God, have you been to that church? Because I really didn't think he had gone there. I'll be honest with y'all. I didn't think he was there. I'm serious. I was kind of jacked up. I know it, but I'm telling you. There was no young people there. The youngest person was 50. No joke. No, 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 no offense to anybody over 50, but when you're in a church, there should be somebody young there. Okay? The church was literally dying off. Okay? And so he says, I want you to go, and I want you to go there, and I want you to help your uncle. I didn't want to do that. Because as I told you a few weeks ago, at the church I was at, at the Bible school I was at, was an incredible worldwide teaching ministry. They had the best praise and worship on the planet. They had the Israel Hooten of the day in Ron Canoli. Some of y'all remember Ron Canoli. So every Sunday was like going to see Hillsong, Jesus Culture, Israel Hooten. Every, I, I, there were lines to get into church every morning. Okay? And part of the reason I thought God was sending me there was to be in that atmosphere. And I got there all excited. It lasted about three weeks. And God visited me in prayer and says, I want you to go help your uncle over here. And I said, but, but God, I'm, I'm in your presence. I, I like this. He said, you know what? This opportunity right now, you want this over here or you want this? What you going to do? So put my head down. We'll go over here. Get in line with where God wanted me to be. Denying myself in what I wanted. And guess what happened? God, boom, kicks me up another notch. I can work with this. I can promote this. So I went into this dead congregation, and my, 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 it's a church that my dad went to, and I'm pretty sure everybody in it was still from his era. I went in there, started a youth group with angry with people. They didn't want a youth group. They didn't want one because when I brought them, they got all mad. Hey, they're messing up the pews. They're doing this. So we, I started birthed a youth group of about 50 kids in this old church. And God, step by step, was promoting, was promoting. But why was he promoting? Because I was willing to sacrifice my wants for what he wanted. See, this is the key to promotion. Why? Because every time I did that, I took on the death of Jesus Christ, and God was then glorified so I can go higher. We have a problem in America when nobody wants to take on the death of Jesus Christ. And when they do, they complain. And so you know what happens? We stay at the same level. The main thing that really fueled me to continue to make these sacrifices was this. I trusted the Lord. I knew that the destiny that God was calling me to, I wasn't smart enough to get to on my own. I wasn't, you know, gifted enough to get there on my own. I knew if I was going to experience the life that God had for me, I had to do it his way, and I had to do it by denying what I wanted for what he wanted. It's your opportunity, guys, to understand what it is you carry. What is, what is it that you carry? What is the life that you want? Some of us are afraid to start businesses or get a new position or get a new job. You don't think you can do it, but you don't understand what's on your life. You know, you hear it from motivational speakers. You can do anything you put your mind to. I wholeheartedly believe this for believers. What is it you want to do? If you'll get on God's train, if you'll do what God's asking you to do, if you'll be obedient and allow him to grow you up, the sky's the limit. 
Amen? Amen? Let's keep going here. So one reason we don't experience gold in our lives, we don't understand the anointing. Get an understanding of God's anointing on your life. Read the word of God. Understand there's something inside of you. It's pre more precious than gold. But the only way to get to it is to put others and God before you. The minute you get back on the train that says me, myself, and I, the, 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 earthen, the, the treasure that's in the earthen vessel just goes dim. All people will begin to experience is your field. All people will begin to experience is the earthen part of the vessel. The way we get the treasure out is by putting others before us. Are you catching this today? And this is why, P, this is why John said, get back to the original message. What's the original message? The original message is the Great Commission. Love God and lift others. Love God and love people. Make this life not just about you and your family. Make it about doing things for other people. And the more you do that, the more of the gold in your own life will begin to come up. You've got to catch this this morning. There's an anointing in your life, and here's what it's for, to bless other people, to bring other people into the kingdom of God. You want to get the better life. The, 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 way, the road to a better life is to make somebody else's life better. That's it. Write that down, please. Call your tattoo artist today. Get that tattooed on your forearm. The way to make my life better is to make others' lives better. That's kind of long, so you could put a little paragraph right here, <laughs> something like that. Put it on your belly right there. What I live right there. That's what I live by. But more importantly, tattoo it on your heart. Tattoo it on your heart. And you say, oh, well, Pastor, does that mean I got to quit my job and just work in the church? Absolutely not. Get rid of that religious thinking. We need you out there. We need you dominating life. We need you crushing your job. We need you getting out there in, in your kids' schools. And we need you doing stuff and dominating. You need to be a light out there. But be a light. Be a light. Get out there and make sure that you understand the position I hold is so I can lift somebody's life. The life I live, the neighborhood I'm in, is so that I could be a light in this neighborhood. Carry inside of you the message, the original message of Jesus Christ, which is that. Love God with your whole heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Lift others. Lead people to Jesus. See, what the enemy wants is he wants to throw more dirt on your treasure. How does he do this? What is dirt on your treasure? Dirt is flesh. Remember, what was Adam formed out of? The dust of the ground. And the more you live for you, the more nobody can touch your treasure. The more nobody can experience your treasure. And it's just about me and my studies. I got to get my degree and I just got to do my thing and I've got to get my vision. And did it. you be careful of that. There's nothing wrong with having a vision to better yourself. But the vision to better yourself should be tied to being a better you so you can lift more lives. I got to get this promotion. I got to get this new position because I'm going to make six figures. I'm going to make a lot of money. Listen, God don't care about you just making money if you're not using your money to lift anything else. But you start seeing that, okay, God, when you bless me, I'm going to bless the church. When you bless me, I'm going to help the poor. You start seeing God saying, there's the treasure that I put in you. There's that treasure that's in there. We got to get past this thing to where it's just about us. Because you could be a selfish person in ministry. Well, God has given me this vision to do this, and it's about my ministry. And, that, and that's why God many times puts you in a place to serve somebody else's vision. That's why for 11, 15 years of my ministry, it was all about serving somebody else. Because until I learned how to serve somebody else, somebody else's vision like it was my own, God can never give me my own. And it's the same way for you. So I served 15 years for the different pastors that I was with. Their vision was my vision. And the vision that God showed me when I was praying in the parking lot of Southgate Library, I took that vision and just threw it in the ground and said, God, that's on you. I'm going to make this man's vision right here. This is my vision. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to do this. And though God said later on in my car, he brought that thing back and said, here you go. The qualification is maturity. But you got to understand what's on your insides. 
let's keep going. I want to wrap this up. Number two, the second reason we don't experience gold in our life. Oh, you got to catch this one today. This is going to set somebody free. The reason we don't experience gold is we ain't doing nothing. We ain't doing nothing. That's the majority of Christians. Listen, going to church ain't nothing. Now, for some of us, that's a good starting place. Because for some of you right now, it's everything. Because we can't get you to come every week. Can't get you to come and you come every once in a while. I challenge you today. I give you a money back guarantee. Listen, you start committing yourself to the house of God on a weekly basis. You will see things happen and change in your life. Now, I can't say that about every church in town, but I can say that about this one. You will begin to see God beginning to move in your marriage, at your job, in your life, with your kids. You'll begin to see it when you make a commitment like that. But that ain't where it's supposed to just stop. The anointing, the gold in your life, the gold is there for you to be able to do things, to dominate things, to go to war. I like to say it like this. The anointing is for possessing. The anointing is for going to war. What is war about? War is about spoils. How do we win souls? We got to go to war for them first. And some people wonder why there's no power in their life. Because you aren't doing anything. You're not conquering anything. You're not trying anything. You're not reaching out to nobody. And you just, you think the anointing just going to be in your life to do nothing so that you could glow in the dark when you turn out the lights, so that you can entertain your friends with your spiritual feats and your revelation? Eh, wrong. Wrong. You know, there's people with a teaching gift and they want to come preach in this church. I don't let them preach. You can't, it's not just about using your gift, it's about bearing fruit. People that we have in this pulpit are people that have done something or doing something. Because I know if they're doing something, they're anointed. If they're not doing anything, no anointing. Now the anointing's there, but it's not flowing. Because the anointing only works when you're doing something, when you're conquering something. Just write in your notes, 1 Chronicles chapter 14, 8 through 17. 1 Chronicles 14, 8 through 17. It's the story of David. The Bible says David increased in his anointing. But the times where he increased in the anointing is when he was going to war. When he was going to war. I want you to write this down. The anointing is for war. The anointing thrives in times of opposition. When they tell you you can't get that promotion, the anointing says, come on, we can get that promotion. When they tell you, no, you can't go and do this, you can't have that time off, the anointing says, yes, we can. Come on, let's war for it. Let's go for it. When the doctor tells you you're sick and you're just going to have to take meds for the rest of your life, the anointing says, come on, there's healing. We can fight this thing. We can battle this thing. But if you just go, oh, okay, thanks. They said I can't get the time off. Well, they, well, they said that I can't get the promotion. I'm just not qualified. Well, the doctor says i got to take 18 of these pills every day for the rest of my life. That's what I'm going to do. You know what the anointing does? Nothing. Because the anointing ain't going to help you sit there and just sit in your situation. The anointing rises up when you say, thank you, doctor. I appreciate that. And you walk out and go, nope, I don't receive that. My back is healed. My headaches are gone. I'm not going to have these headaches every day. I'm not going to have this backache every day. Because you've you got to fight. And when you do, the gold says, ha, the gold rises up. The anointing rises up. It'll be three months, six months, you'll get that promotion, even though when they said you wouldn't. That's how this thing works. But see, if you don't understand how it works, when you reach a time of resistance, you'll back down. You'll sit down. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Shouldn't he, I shouldn't have said that. And you'll sit down like, and they say in the streets, come on, like a little punk. Amen? 
Well, I tried to get a better job. Well, keep trying. Oh, okay. <laughs> Listen, this anointing will work if you work it. What is it you're wanting to accomplish in life? The marriage, the, the raising your kids, whatever it is. The anointing works in time of opposition. All opposition is, is an opportunity for you to tap the anointing and overcome. Listen, if I would have listened to every single bit of opposition in my life since I've been serving God, I would have gotten nowhere. And this is where some of us are, in a land of nowhere. And you're staying there. Listen, you got to rise up. I know it looks bad for your kids right now. I know they look like they're going straight to hell. And they'll be there shortly. I know it may look like that. But the moment you say, no, I'm going to war for them, the anointing bubbles up. That gold says, yeah, let's go. Come on. And you go to praying and you go to reaching out and you go to loving. You're going to overcome things. That is what the anointing is for. It's for opposition. It works best when you tell us no. Mm, write that down. The anointing works best when the enemy tells you no. You got to fight. You want that promotion? You want that job increase? You want that new house? You want that healing? You got to fight. Fight. Everybody say fight. Y'all looking like me, looking at me right now like you just, you, you barely buying this. Come on. We're not a church full of punks. Amen. Somebody say fight. Got to fight for the life you want. Don't quit on that marriage. Put that divorce lawyer's number away. Throw it away. Fight for this thing. Amen. Go to prayer. Get a better job. Amen. Start the business. Yeah, but pastor, it's very hard in this climate right now. Start the thing. And you will see God begin to rise up in you against the opposition. Read 1 Chronicles 14 on your own. I don't have time to go into that. But when David was attacked and he was feeling down, it looked like he couldn't overcome anything. He goes to God and says, God, should I go to war? God says, get him. The anointing kicks in. He overcomes. That's where so many of us are. But every time we come up to opposition, we back down. Every time we come up to something, we back down. The anointing, write this down, it's for action. The gold in your life is for action. That's why when you go on mission trips, you guys feel different. That's why when you're out there, you're like, whoa, I never even knew. See, because the anointing kicks in. It brings the provision. It brings the grace. It's amazing. To, I love going on a missions trip because I love seeing the transformation in our team. Some people that can never be on time on a missions trip are on time every single morning. Every single morning. And you could say, oh, it's because they're afraid of you, Pastor. I like to believe it's a grace on it. I like to believe a grace kicks in in their life. I like to believe that they are able now to do what they couldn't do on their own. You might say it's because they're afraid of me. I say it's because God's grace kicks in. I see it every time. Never forget the first time I took Eddie Cobb on a missions trip. He, he, I, I saw things, he saw things in him that he never would have saw here. Why? Because the anointing is always in him, but if he's not doing nothing, it can't come up. Are you tracking with me? It's like being the greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan. And you got all that in you, but you never have a basketball. Think about Michael Jordan never owning a basketball. He'd have been that whack baseball player. That's what he'd have been. <laughs> all that greatness, but the anointing on his life didn't come alive till he got that round ball and dribbled it a little bit and went to the court and played. You take that away. It's still there, but it, it's not benefiting anybody. And that's how it is with the anointing on your life. You got to do something. You got to fight something. What is it you want? Because some of you are sitting back and waiting for somebody to give you a break. God says, don't wait for a break. Go make a break. Get out there. Try something. Single people, some of you are waiting for something, and it's not that they're not here. You're just afraid. Well, I'm going out there right now. It's not that you ain't never had options. You're afraid to talk to girls. 
So you make excuses. Well, I don't really like this. I don't really like that. You're afraid. Get over that. Let the anointing kick in. There's an anointing to get a date. Hello, somebody. <laughs> but you'll never use it if you don't step out. That'll preach right there. Oh, my God. That's for somebody here. Fear will bind you up. If you don't try nothing, the anointing can't kick in. And here's the way God works. You step out, then he steps in. He says, draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. Take the first step. Take the first step. When you take that step, he kicks in and takes over. And you're just worried about that first step. God said, just put it down, I'll take the rest. Step out, I'll do the rest. What is that? That's when the anointing will kick in in your life. The anointing is for war. The anointing is for action. Help me out on the keyboard, Eddie. And the last thing here, uh, the anointing is for advancement. You got to catch this. The anointing is for advancement. You got to want a better life. You got to want it. Man, if you want a better life for your kids, make one. Just make it. Yeah, but this person won't let me. And then, no, just make it. Step out and fight for a better life, and you will see God just kick right in, into place. You will see doors swing open the moment you sit there and give your focus to making a better life for you and your kids. But the problem is, nobody wants to step out in, in advance. We like maintenance. We like being like the children of Israel. Remember the children of Israel in the wilderness? Woke up every day and had manna, free manna on the front. But you know what? Manna gets old. There comes a time you got to want more out of your life, out of your ministry, out of your calling. And the only way you're going to get there is through obedience. The only way you're going to get there is through wanting to advance. Young people, get a desire to advance because remember, there's gold on the inside of you. God will open doors that nobody can open. I've seen it. I've lived it. And it's awesome when I experience things that I know I wasn't smart enough to get myself to. But all I did is just step out and obey and serve and deny myself for the cause of Christ. And you will see the world get big to you. And I'm not saying y'all need to quit and join mission. No, be what, you're call what God's calling you to be, but have a desire to advance. Have a desire to advance. And when you do, that's when the anointing kicks in. But when you just are in a place of, I like it, I'm just cool. I got money for me and my family. And no, no, get a bigger vision. Because Jesus said to you, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations. That's what this church is about. And you that are members here and you plugged in, we are doing that together. Don't ever let the enemy tell you that your service, your time, your money, your investment into Elevate Life is a waste because it is not. Open up your eyes. We are doing the original command that Jesus gave the church. And together we can do greater things. But you got to get a vision to make sure that your life your life primarily is fulfilling what Jesus taught us. We got to remember what John said. Don't get sidetracked by other teachings. Don't get sidetracked what other friends tell you. Paul said there's a treasure in you. And I'm here to tell you today, to get that treasure out, you got to deny yourself and pick up your cross. Deny what you want and live for somebody else. In some regards, I'm preaching to the choir because this church does that. I'm always amazed. You know, this. I think we're at 27 going to Mexico. It's an awesome thing. Number one, it's an awesome thing for a church our size. Number two, it's an awesome thing because it's Christmas time. Amen? Christmas is the busiest time of year. It's the busiest time. There's always something going on. Kids got plays, kids got this, kids got that. It's also the most expensive time of the year. Because when you get a little money, what do you want to do? Let me buy a present for so-and-so. Let me do this. That's a great thing. So when 27 people say, I'm, want, I'm wanting to go serve orphans and Indians on a reservation during Christmas, that just makes me go, God, what are you going to do with these people? God, how are you going to promote these people? 
God, we need a building. You see what we're doing. You see, you see the, the level of faith. You see the level of obedience. You see that these people are understanding that it's greater to give than receive. So in some regards, I know some of you know this, but if you know this, I want to strengthen this even greater because you do good to sacrifice for this thing. You've got to have faith to understand that whatever it is you desire in your life, because of your faithfulness to this vision that we get out of Mark 16, God's going to do some amazing things for you. It's called favor. It's called favor. And when people live like this, God gives favor. Don't you think that when you put an application in, it's got a better chance than all the heathen out there putting their applications in for that job? Don't you think that when a son or child of God puts a college application in a pile of all these things, that that son or child of God has a greater chance than all these that don't serve the Lord? Do you believe that? Do you believe that your little business, your little taqueria can outdo all the other taquerias in town because you'd give your tithe and you give to the Lord? See, you got to believe that. And I find that most Christians, we don't believe that. We're worried about things. We let them tell us, you don't have an education, you can't get that job. It's not true, is it, Jack? It's not true. This past week, Jack got a position that he was not qualified for in the natural. Other applicants that had degrees, they passed them up to give him that position. can't tell you how many jobs I've qualified for that I wasn't qualified for. Why? Because this thing will work if you'll work it. Stand on your feet. This morning, I want to stir up the dreams and visions for your families, for your marriages, single people. I'm telling you, I want to release faith for your relationships, for your future, for whatever it is. You've got to believe that the anointing inside of you is to conquer. The anointing inside of you is to possess. And if you will give your life to living the Great Commission, winning souls, loving God and lifting others, when you see an obstacle, you don't draw back and say, well, I guess I can't do that. No, you press into it. You allow the anointing to carry you through a difficult time. The reason I'm preaching this to you this morning is because I don't want you to be quitters. Don't quit on your marriages. Don't quit on your kids. Don't quit on your career, your dreams, whatever it might be. When it looks like there's obstacles, that is just opportunities for the anointing to kick in in your life. Bow your heads for just a moment. Father, I pray over each person in here, and I speak to the gold that is in their life, the anointing that is inside of them right now, Lord God. Let them understand that opposition is only opportunity for you to carry them through, Lord. Hard times only make them better. Father, I pray right now that you'll give them strength to come against sickness and disease. Let them walk their bedroom floors and confess healing until they get it. And Father, remove the sin of complaining from our lips. Remove the iniquity of complaining about our jobs, about our life, about where we're at. Remove that iniquity from our lives, Lord God. And let us use our mouth to cultivate the anointing. Let us make good choices to cultivate the anointing. And do miracles on our behalf, Lord. Do miracles on our behalf. Come on, if you're...